living that life. We just living that life. Walking cars, living that life. Listening to the Living That Life Digital Nomad Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you're a boss, and check out the YouTube channel for dope travel videos. Let's get it. Hello, and welcome to this strange life. I'm Mickey, the conduit between the mother fucking freaks and the geeks. And I am Willie. What you see is what you get. That's all that I got. <laughs> and our third wheel, as usual, today is... Uh, is James? The Brown Red Band of Thailand. Hello, James. And uh, today, super excited, uh, we've got a super cool uh, vlogger, right? Uh, called Riley. Um, Riley, would you like to introduce yourself and just... I mean, who, who the hell are you? Yeah, <laughs> Riley from Bangkok. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess you could say I am that digital nomad kid that you saw once on YouTube. That's, uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, so what's your channel called? Uh, yeah, it's called Living That Life. And I have been basically filming my life, vlogging, uh, ever since I came out here to Southeast Asia three and a half years ago. Damn. Right, okay. Um, and I must just quickly say, actually, um, just give a little bit of a, a, a sort of sound warning for this podcast. We are, we are in a, we're, we're in a, basically in a bar, uh, at the top of a bar in the right downtown central Bangkok. So if you hear a little bit of background noise, a little bit of music, there's a few people here. So don't freak out, people. It's ambiance. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's ambiance. It's So, Riley, we, we, what we normally do is we ask people a couple of questions who come on. Um, and uh, it just lets us get to get to know you a little bit, sure. and kind of feel you out a little bit. Sure. Um, so, do you uh, give us one belief that you hold that most people would find to be uh, unpopular? Yeah, I guess the belief that's kind of been the whole premise of my YouTube channel is it's not as crazy as it seems to live abroad and be working remotely. It's not as crazy as it seems to be a digital nomad. That's kind of been the thesis that I've realized ever since it was my dream to be a digital nomad. And then once you become one, you meet hundreds of other digital nomads. And you're like, oh, there's tons of people mm. doing this. Halle fucking Louie Riley. And, yeah. and this, I, I fucking love what you're saying there, man. Because most people are stuck in nine to five jobs in the shitty little town that they grew up in and they feel like there's no way out. There's fucking, the, the, you know, it, the, what, what they have in their tiny little world is all they're going to ever have. And you are testament and you're proof of the fact that that is not true, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I, I guess... My quick story real quick for people that don't know me, like just a regular kid, grew up in uh, Seattle and after college, I just wanted to travel a bit. I never got to study abroad and um, ended up visiting Thailand for two weeks um, shortly after I graduated college. And that was actually to visit Parker, who is my best friend all from growing up. And he actually was in Thailand for two months doing a study abroad program. So mm. he, when he was on that, he used to call us back home. He's like, you guys got to come out to visit. You got to come out. To visit. So that was the perfect excuse. Like what, what, I said. what year was that, mate? This was uh, 2013. Okay. So 2013, long story short, I did two weeks in Thailand. 
It was my first time really out of the country other than like Cabo spring break, which is like, doesn't even really count. Yeah. And, um, me and Parker were like, that was, that was too short. He was like, two months was too short. I was like, dude, two weeks. That was just a teaser. That was stupid. (laughs) And, uh, so we're like, all right, let's, uh, let's like put, let's try to come back and like get jobs and teach English for a year or something like do like a live abroad for a full year. And so we came back to Bellevue and we got a small little one bedroom apartment together and, I slept on the couch for a full year. Um, it was the studio apartment, had the little sliding divider thing. I was sleeping <laughs> on the couch. And uh, one thing, one simple life hack, I call it, that changed my life was we didn't sign. Actually, I didn't sign myself up for a cable TV package because I worked for Comcast. We got the internet only bundle. Actually, bundle. Not, not a bundle, just a la carte. A la carte. <laughs> we got the internet only a la carte and we hooked up the Apple TV to the TV. And so we were just streaming YouTube, didn't watch any TV. And so through that, Mm -hmm. we started watching videos on Thailand, naturally getting excited. And then we found some digital nomad channels, basically, long story short, uh, notably Johnny FD and Jabril, two guys that work online who travel a lot, based in Southeast Asia a lot. And we were like, oh, my gosh, let's do that instead of teach English. Like if they can do that, why not us? And so uh, Johnny announced he was putting on a uh, conference for digital nomads in Chiang Mai, Thailand, that was going to be happening uh, October of 2014. So this was like early 2014. So we we're like, all right, let's, that's our goal. We're just going to put that on the calendar. And no matter what stage we're at, we're going to go to that conference. You were like tw- early 20s at this point? Yeah, it's got to be 24. Nice. And so, yeah, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And uh, so, yeah, we worked our, our jobs just to save up money. Um, and those, I, those jobs sucked at the time? Like, you weren't yeah, killing it? Yeah, they sucked. Like, I was, I still didn't want to get a real job because I had this kind of travel dream, you know, before I get a real job. So I was still doing what was my college summer job, which is door-to-door sales for Comcast. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Talk yeah. Soul destroying. It. Sounds fun. It's, you know, it's, I like everything. Fun at first. And then it gets old. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I was doing that, but I was doing it year round for two years after college. And I was doing it like in the dark rain and it was kind of depressing. And um, eventually you get so burned out. You're just like, you know, ready for a change. And so Parker was in that same situation, just like ready for some change of environment. He was working uh, in the hospitality industry uh, for corporate, obviously. And so, yeah, we saved up money, saved up like close to 10 grand each and flew out on a one way to Chiang Mai and attended the uh, what was called the dropship lifestyle. Um, the the initial initial one. Was all wrong about way. That's, yeah, that's ballsy. Yeah, you got to got to do the wrong <laughs> way. Yeah. So we, we saved up like eight to 10 grand each and we were like, all right, that'll give us hopefully six months in Chiang Mai. So we, it was like the six month do or die plan. Figure something out. Love it. Like we had some some uh, online stores up, drop shipping stores, uh, or online retail stores, whatever you want to call it, and they weren't making money yet. But we still went out there just to see what we could figure so, out. Right, Riley. Sorry. Go, uh-huh. let, let's take a step back, please. What what's drop shipping? Uh, it's basically having your own store, like Riley's Premium Podcast Products dot com. Yeah. And uh, you try to to get traffic through that through Google ads, Facebook ads, social media. 
And uh, I basically list all these podcast equipment on my website. Of course, I don't have the inventory. Mm-hmm. But once the customer pays for it with their credit card, I take that money and then buy it wholesale or buy it for cheaper from directly from the supplier. Like Alibaba. Yeah, through, like through Alibaba or something. Yeah, either or? Alibaba or uh, or like a, a popular drop shipping uh, niche is uh, furniture, like the furniture supplier in, yeah. Amer- in America. So it's basically yeah, uh, so, be, so, being so the middleman. That's middle interesting, man. and and this is. Um, uh, an important something you said is is very important that, that you don't have to have inventory. Mm-hmm. So that means that you you know that the whole kind of infrastructure behind your business is minimal because you don't need anything. You don't need any money. You don't need any startup really. Yeah. You need to be able to build a website, right? And 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 that's about it. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of challenges though with that. And did you stick with dropshipping for a while? Yeah. So that's the thing. There were challenges um, because with with having your own. St- so now I sell on Amazon, but we'll get to that. Um, I have an Amazon store. That's how I make my my main income. But if you have your own store.com, you have to get people to find out about your store and to find it. So we were new to internet marketing, so we didn't get the traffic necessary to make the money, essentially, uh, which is, you know, every business's problem, right? And of course, it's uber, uber competitive. Yeah, you got to have a, a, a small niche. You got you got to be smart. You got to be a really savvy internet marketer. In my experience, I know people that are uh, are successful with these type of uh, you know yourstore.com type of things, very niche stores, furniture or podcast equipment. Well, I'm sure someone is crushing it with the podcast equipment dropshipping store. I'm sure someone is. Um, but in my experience, you have to have tricky traffic, which what I call it, a good way to get cheap targeted traffic through something like a podcast sponsorship, that's the stuff that works now. You can't just rely on Google ads, which what we were doing at first. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so yeah, at the conference, we met a kid who was younger than us, and he was crushing it um, selling on Amazon only uh, through uh, their FBA program, which is Fulfillment by Amazon. Lay that out like I'm five years old. What what exactly does that mean? Right, so Amazon.com actually has physical warehouses. So you send your inventory to amazon.com and it's already on amazon.com. Amazon has everything in the back of that website. So when people go and they search for podcast equipment, they're gonna see on the first page results, you know, hopefully, Riley's podcast mic. They click by Amazon's, amazon.com sends it to the customer. Everything's already on amazon.com. I'm sleeping, I'm doing nothing. I'm in Bangkok chilling. <laughs> so yeah, so that's it. Um, we so, so it's not affiliate marketing. You're not just driving people through your store and you're saying you can buy stuff on Amazon, but if you use my link, I get a little bit of kickback. It's this different. Is totally different. It's right. different. Right? So yeah, I, I didn't clarify the, the method. There, that's one method to make money you know, with partnering with Amazon, I guess. Um, for us, we do the uh, wholesale private labeling method. So sticking with the podcast equipment um, example, we go to Alibaba.com, which is for people that don't know, it's um, kind of like the wholesale buy direct from the factories in China website. Mm. It's, it's, it's like eBay or Amazon, but for wholesalers. Yeah, right? it, yeah. it looks similar to Amazon. It's a, you know, a site where you go shopping, but you, you can buy in bulk for cheap. So um, we there's I, a I was just about to say, <laughs> uh-huh. sorry, man. Have yeah. you heard about those uh, Alibaba villages in China? Oh, yeah. No. It's insane, we, man, isn't cool. it? We were, we were in China. I can get to that later. But we went to visit our factory uh, last year. 
Um, but anyways, for, for whatever reason, we ended up choosing, you know, podcast mics as, as an example. So we went to Alibaba, searched podcast mics. Um, I found one that I liked on page 50 and we started with a test order of 200 units. So we ordered 200 podcast mics, um, for, you know, for cheap. And we sent those 200 in a couple big boxes to amazon.com amazon when you start your seller account they they give you an address to send to chinese uh alibaba supplier slaps the freaking label on the boxes and ships them in the mail and they arrive at amazon.com amazon.com opens their door and they scan it bing bing now they're on amazon people can find them on amazon simple as that and so yeah so we have our own brand we have our logo on the podcast mics um it's our own brand our own packaging and it's, that's uh, what's called private labeling or white mm. labeling. Is you buy something generic and you just put your logo and kind right. of rebrand it, repackage what, what, what's it. What's your brand then? Um, I don't talk about my brand oh, on okay. my YouTube channel. Right. Okay. Uh, just because I am an Amazon influencer and most people don't because they don't. I'm in the business of helping people start their own niche. I understand. So I don't want everyone to oh, copy okay. my niche yeah. Yeah. and thinking that like that's the only way to make money. So that's, that's cool. why most Kudos. bloggers, most e-commerce bloggers, don't talk about their niches. Um, <clears throat> but podcast mic, it's a good example. Yeah, you really uh, ran with yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going it, going with it. <laughs> so let's just call it, you know, living that life uh, podcast mics. And so, um, yeah, people search for podcast mics. And for, for our main keywords, we're on page one. And, you know, 30 to 40 people order our thing per day. And we make, you know, maybe 10 bucks profit per, per uh, unit. And that's been making us not a ton of money, but a few grand a month to keep me and Parker out in Southeast Asia. And we've just kind of been chilling and scaling mm. slowly. And so where's yeah. Parker today? What's he doing? He is um, he's <coughs> back uh, in Anut. And um, oh, they're making coffee. That's OK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Sorry about this, guys. Bear yeah. with us. So we, yeah. we live at the same place um, and I'm going to see him tonight when we go to. And you're still the, buddies, uh, right? Yeah, we grew up this together cool. on the playground. It's very, we're very fortunate to have the situation. I realize that we're very lucky to have this set up. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people who a grow up together. I mean, that that to, to be to, to 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 still be friends after after you sort of mid twenties is one thing, but then mm-hmm. to travel together, that's another fucking big like make or break situation with friends. But then to open a business with someone as well, yeah. that's like you're fucking testing your relationship there in like multiple that's different That's true. It's almost like angles, a marriage. Man. Yeah. yeah. And, and to say that you're still like uh, together, you know, it's pretty yeah. cool, man. You must be, uh, you must be chill dudes, man. Yeah, no, exactly. We're, we're two of the chillest dudes that, you know, you know, ask our friends. So th- us both being very chill is, is basically how, how it works out. Um, so we're very lucky to have this situation. Like, I, I don't know if I would have came out to Chiang Mai by myself. Probably not. Him too. Yeah. So I realized need, that we're really lucky. So sometimes you need someone, don't you? Like, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, like I wanted to start a podcast, and I, I didn't want to do it alone. So I, I called this motherfucker over here, Willie, and mm-hmm. so we started it together. But wh- wh- where are you going tonight, man? Because I heard you say something about a rave, and uh, I don't oh. if you know, but I'm like a house music producer and a, oh. a DJ. And oh, I didn't, all that I didn't know that. Well, this yeah. is not yeah, house music tonight. His name is tonight. like Tiesto, I think, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Testicle. <laughs> we saw, we saw the, uh, Tiesto in Viet- in Saigon, Vietnam, which really? was super dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years, in 2016 but tonight there's like marshmallow is in town so we're, we're, we're going to that it's Mar- just like a popular uh, edm uh, music but is it trance or no it's uh, edm dance music um 
popular EDM dance music. Okay. So yeah, right. it's just a big, big old fun party. So is that then, man? This is in Bangkok somewhere. I don't even know the venue. It's somewhere. <laughs> I'll find it. Get down there. Yeah. Just Google Marshmallow and get your ass out tonight if you're in Bangkok. Yes, sir. So even though this yeah. podcast won't be out till uh, after tonight. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, tell me about these fucking uh, villages, these uh, Alibaba the, the villages. The Alibaba villages. Well, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's part of the Alibaba effect. Uh, I mean, China is a fucking massive country, as, as you yeah. know. And the numbers are just staggering when you, and I'm not just talking about Alibaba, I'm just talking about any facet of life in China. The numbers that are involved are, are just mm. mind blowing. So I think in order to qualify, and I'm sort of putting myself out here, uh, at least over 50% of the village or the town needs to be involved in selling products online. So it's not just manufacturing. It's actually selling. So th there's a, a few thousand of these, of these hotspots. Uh, but, but it's like a whole China. supply chain, though. Manufacturers sell. No, it's no, all no, no, no. Oh. I mean, it could be a mixture of people uh, creating, the, the manufacturing their own products and taking those products to market, the dropship yeah. uh, method, you, you name it. I watched um, a, really, a really cool video the other day. It was talking about how uh, intellectual property, like... Um, like hardware is open source there. And so like all there's all these makers, you know, and like you hear Trump talk a lot about how like China steals American IP, mm -hmm. but like they just have a totally different outlook. Like if you create like a circuit in America, you can patent that and it can be yours for 20 years. In China, it just like anybody can use that <laughs> shit. So there's just people making like, yeah. like those hoverboards and shit like that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean... It's it, a village, like, I mean... Well, what? I mean, the... the it, the, it's over 50% of a village of, I think it's over 1,000 people or something like that. Are directly involved uh, in Alibaba. Are directly involved in either you know, selling things uh, B2C uh, or doing the B2B stuff and then you know, selling them on to mm. you know, drop shippers or, or whatever. But it, it's this huge, it's part of this huge fucking Alibaba effect, man. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's insane, man. So it's not like the, uh, those Apple um, Fox factories. Con. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, people yeah, are throwing yeah, themselves yeah, off buildings. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is very much sort Entrepreneurial, of... Entrepreneurial, right? It's almost sort of, you know, if you think back, you know, a few hundred years, it's almost like cottage industries sort yeah. of popped up, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the weirdest sort of places. So. Right. You know, That's cool, man. Fuck that. I'm not growing any asparagus anymore. I'm into mobile phone cases or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? That's it's all, it's yeah. fucking cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the, cool. the cases. We, I have a vlog of this. You can see it on my channel. Is We went to this one electronics mall that's 23 stories high. Jesus Christ. It's called 20, the, the video is called 23 Stories Electronics Mall in China. And every single story is the same exact shit. Phone cases, power banks, headphones... Yeah, and that's it. And 23 stories of this. There must have been like a billion phone cases in that building. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so who's going in there and shopping? Like, who's that for? Uh, we were probably, me and Parker were walking through there. And, uh, God, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty popular vlog, I guess. We're probably the only two white dudes in yeah. the whole place. Um, but, but there's a lot of sales, wholesale buyers from other countries like the Middle East and Africa. That was probably what we noticed, a lot of Middle Eastern and African uh, wholesale buyers. And, you know, we had been to Africa and, you know, we traveled a bit and we we're like, oh, 
these are where all the cases come from around <laughs> the world. You know, like if you see a, like a mobile phone shop, like you see all around in Bangkok, there's got a million phone cases. I know where those come from, <laughs> you know, and of course it's not just this one mall, but just like dozens of those in Guangzhou and all around China. And so, yeah, whenever you see a mobile phone shop and whether it was Kenya or Guangzhou video, uh, mm. I didn't realize it was so fucking cool and like modern and cool lights and oh. fucking skyscraper. Oh, and shit. yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I want to go. Yeah. It's super sick. Um, I call it like a future city. It's like yeah. a brand new city. I call it like a rainbow city, like all yeah, the skyscrapers yeah, rainbow and lights. Yeah, 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 yeah. And those, yeah, it's super sick. Those Chinese cities, like they gentrify them in like 15, 20, 25 years. They go from like 19th century Shanty to like to the 22nd yeah. century. Yeah. You know, it's insane how quickly they... It is insane, man, isn't it? <laughs> you know, that's you been one to China, of the, well, that's, uh, I've been to Taiwan, not to China. Yeah, I've never been. But th- that's one of the benefits of centralized planning, right? Totally, yeah. <laughs> uh, s- sorry you've been here for 50 years, but we're just going to bulldoze your yeah, house and ya. we'll give you a spot over there and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Yeah, those horror stories from the Olympics, right? When yeah. they were building the Olympic stadiums and they just fucking bulldoze people's houses. I don't but think they got they a lot of... They do that here in Bangkok, though, right? Property rights, yeah. Some of the... Jim, uh, we, we were talking about this the other day with we Carl, were. weren't we? We, we were. were. Uh, some of the old bars and stuff down uh, under the bridge Chew at Chit, right? Chew it. No, no, no. Uh, chew it. Chew it. Uh, I think we were talking about specifically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that was with Greg, yeah. We were talking about Chew it, but there was some under the underpass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Sexy Night used to be. Yeah. And they a just very fucking reputable came in establishment, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, you can tell by it, the it's name. It's actually I mean, really night. a good place. Back <laughs> in the day, it was right next to a railway line, and you frequently used to see a guy barbecuing rats behind yeah. it. <laughs> oh. he, he, he's been in Bangkok since '93. Do you know those little, little sort of clay charcoal pots where yeah, they put, yeah, and yeah, they sure. put a mesh on top? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he he had his rat sort of strung out. Yeah, uh, that he caught down the side of side of the bars, yeah. and he's yeah. just there, you ultra know, with, fresh. With, with his little ultra fresh, <laughs> you know, n- no antibiotics <laughs> in there, <laughs> but full of human shit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know. But the thing is, a whole lot of expats used to go down there. There used to be lots of British embassy guys, uh, you know, the uh, British Chamber of Commerce guys, you know, mm-hmm. real. Real cool guys yeah, used to go down there, just to this shanty little place. And they just place. bulldozed it overnight, right? Well, what? they didn't bulldoze it overnight, but, uh, you know, they, they, they were, you know, they'd been there for a decade or so before that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, again... Yeah, because the guy that owns Debt 5, he had a bar there, right? That was Sexy Night, yeah. Okay, yeah, Says so yeah. Bob, he, he's, he, he's a diamond dealer. Uh, in fact, they they established. His, he's been his second generation here. His father established because Thailand's quite well known for authenticating gems. Yeah. So his, mm-hmm. his father established a, a diamond authentication really? sort of factory. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nice one. So yeah. Okay. Right. Anyway. Excellent. Mm. So anyway, back to Riley. Mm. <laughs> so. Um, I, I loved uh, I loved all your story about coming over here and and um, this yeah we started didn't we at, at what what's what's a believe y'all that's unpopular so so what would you say right, to yeah. people mate who who are stuck in their hometown they haven't really travelled <coughs> much they they want to get out they they think there's no life for them it it's it's possible isn't it it is possible there is a fucking way to do it if you just fucking get off your ass and do it right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I guess I 
not trying to say anything to anyone, but the people, I am. the people, the people who find my channel are already going towards this path, and they discover me some way, somewhere along the way, and they're like, "Oh, wow, this kid's been doing it for this long, and he's like acting like it's kind of no big deal." And he's just kind of just like chilling and, you know, he's having a lot of fun and it doesn't look like he's working too hard. Obviously, they don't they don't see me when I'm grinding away, slaving away in the tom toms at two in the morning. Just slinging no. dick. No, no. But um, that is one common question real quick. And people ask, are you do you work harder now than your old job? No, definitely not. It's it's about working smarter, not harder that entrepreneurs say. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't try to tell anyone anything. I'm just kind of sharing my life and just, yeah, showing what's possible. I'm not saying that that you should travel or it's better than any other thing or the digital nomad is the it best is career. Um, <laughs> you know, it definitely is better. Have you ever had <laughs> anybody come up to you and be like, yo, your videos are part of the reason that put me onto this digital nomad path or how often does that happen uh yeah that's that's happened that's happened that's um, pretty sweet crazy enough it's fucking crazy dude um most notably at the last two nomad summits so in 2017 i was uh one of the speakers at it and last year i was there and oh god like there's uh, we had i asked to bring like all my subscribers up on stage and it was probably like 20 20 so people and or like 30,000 of them. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Hopefully next year, which is um, January 2019, we'll have more people. I kind of use the Nomad Summit in Chiang Mai as kind of just my annual. So yeah, if you want to come meet me, if you want to come meet freaking all the digital cool, nomads, man. come there. It's kind of like. And this is the same conference that you uh, that you set yeah, up. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. You here, right? Different name, but basically this, by the same guy. Same dude. By the same guy. Um, so how's that grown? I mean, how's that sort of evolved over the years? The conference, or yeah. so uh, it started off. Um, uh, I went to the Dropship Lifestyle Conference in 2014, and that was run by uh, Anton Crayley, and, but it was also side promoted by um, Johnny FD, who's the popular blogger. Anton Crayley is the popular dropshipper. He has the dropship uh, uh, program. And uh, um, Johnny FD, the year after that, spun off and started his own conference called the Nomad Summit. <coughs> and the first one, I think, was maybe 2015. And so he's done that, 2015, 2016, 2017, and now 2018. I think it was like, yeah, maybe the fourth one. And so, yeah, I try to go back every year to, to meet people. Um, yeah, I've been to the past two, two ones. And, yeah, I always invite my subscribers to come out and... Because, you know, that I have to recommend it because that was my story. I'm not saying that, you know, it's the only way to, for success is to go to a conference. I'm just saying my story is I went to a conference and I ended up figuring it out because of the people that I met there. Yeah. And so I'm just sharing my story. So if you want to try the same thing, you're welcome to. And it's all about getting people to take that leap. You know, yeah, exactly. it's, it's a massive jump and it, it probably feels tough. So if you have and I like what you did, like you, you give yourself money and you just got to figure it out because like. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I'm not saying like, you know, people are like, Riley, why are you telling people you, they should quit their job? I'm not saying you should quit your job. Like do, do whatever you want. But I'm just sharing my story. We did save our money before we were or we quit our jobs before we were making money on the side. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone's life situation is different. We were lucky that we didn't have, you know, 
girlfriends and kids and dogs and uh, you know house exactly, you know, mortgages yeah. and so we were just young and we didn't have anything so that's what allowed us to that, for it to be a relatively easy decision to that to, sounds yeah. pretty similar man to to me i mean obviously no conferences no no internet in those days but uh <laughs> you know working a bum job just having yeah. nothing to lose basically yeah. coming out looking for a bit of adventure looking for some life experiences and, yeah. and see what sticks, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but in your day, though, to be fair to you and, and kudos to you, yeah. there's no fucking internet. Yeah. You, you, you were phones. relying on friends what, or what friends were telling you, right? And what you saw on the fucking TV or whatever. Hang on. There was no, oh, actually, there was no cable TV. How the fuck <laughs> did you find out about shit? But did you have to go to the library? You literally had to go to the fucking library, right? We yeah, live yeah, yeah. in a library. Yeah. Now, what? We live in a library. Now, back in the day. Now, yeah, the library is still outside. Yeah, um, but, but 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 what I'm saying, you, you get what I'm saying though. In 1993, when you're thinking about coming to Thailand, and you're thinking, hang on, how? C- oh, how how can I look it up? You've got Lonely Planet. That's Buy what you book. got. You got a book, Buy right? A book, yeah. Shit, yeah. You go to the library. You go to you the get bookstore. Fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that is so archaic. Sounds crazy nowadays. Sounds fucking crazy. Okay, I've got you. Where, where where you were going? I thought you meant when I actually got here. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like how, how? Like you want to come and on this adventure? You, it's like word of mouth, isn't it? And people it tell is. you, and then you've it got is. to go and find a book. That's exactly how it nowadays, is. Nowadays, you kids, Riley, you've got it so easy. You don't. Yeah. It's crazy. Part of it too, like being a, a digital nomad now, like you can inter- you can still have relationships in the states in a lot of ways. You can interact with people. Like yeah. it, you, there's ways to feel not that far from home. The very yeah. small, Even though right. geographically, yeah, the world's much smaller. Yeah, yeah, you can see what I'm doing every. Like my parents see what I'm doing every day on Instagram stories. Yeah, you know. So like I, I went home last summer and they're like, hmm, it kind of feels like yeah, <laughs> I've been with you this whole time. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a modern day postcard, isn't it? Instagram yeah. for mm. for your parents. I would guess. I've never thought know? of it like that. that. That's a really good way. To to think about Instagram, isn't it? It's well, for, like, for I mean, in this situation, in this instance, I think in every situation, yeah. It, yeah. you know, like you're, you're giving a quick s- a snapshot of a picture and writing something underneath. It's just like a po- fucking postcards. Do people yeah, still send postcards? That's crazy. No, but they still try to sell them in the stores. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I might maps. send someone. Do you know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> send someone a postcard. Yeah, I wonder who. I'm going to send someone at home a postcard. You know, I, I did do that, that, that for Christmas. The living <laughs> shit out of them, I think man. people really appreciate it because it, it is so crazy to do it. That yeah. It's yeah. Like and I, it's I think I did that. Yeah. Uh, I think I did that two Christmases ago. I saw this really cool postcard, like handmade and like crazy. And I bought it and uh, it was chilling in my backpack for like a while. And then eventually made it into the mail and made it home. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. You just threw a massive dick on it and <laughs> sent it. Did it have a few of the corners ripped off? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was definitely crumpled a bit. Because <laughs> I think I... B- oh, that's what I did. I bought uh, some postcards in Kenya when we were doing the uh, Kenya trip. And uh, yeah, by the time I found a post office, I think it was a bit crumpled. So, <laughs> <laughs> Riley, how has like your the nomadic part of Digital Nomad... Like, Are you still super excited to travel do you travel as much as you did when you started what's kind of your like monthly game plan and it was, you're in thailand a lot but yeah yeah we've been um yeah we're usually in a place for a few months at a time uh, riley c- can i just in, uh, interject do you have a work yeah. permit no 
No, tourist. Okay. Yeah, tourist visa. So you have to go in and out. So whoever's doing the sound editing, replace the no with yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as as far as I know, I don't think it's illegal to be on vacation full time and be working remotely. If if you you, you can come here and and run a business if you don't have a work permit, I think. Of course. What if you're at your job and you're on vacation from your job and you come? I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, you know? Yeah. As long as you're on a tourist visa and you're renewing it, it's fine. Yeah. We're on a tourist visa. We've been 100% on a tourist visa. When we first came out to the conference, we pre-applied for the six month thing. And then ever since then, we've just been um, just visa on arrival and then you pay to extend it. But um, yeah, I guess over the last three and a half years, uh, we've done 18 months total in Chiang Mai, maybe about six to eight months in Bangkok. We did six months in Saigon. We did two months in the Philippines. Uh, We did, uh, I recently did one month in Bali. We did one month in Kenya. Damn. Um, We go home for one month in July every year. Uh, We did a couple week Euro trip. We did a week in Colombia. uh, I did a month in uh, China. We did a week in Japan. Um, So yeah, it's, it's pretty much like you're grinding in Chiang Mai or Bangkok for like two or three months at a time. And then we got to do the visa run, so we make a trip out of it. Nice. And so we're, mm-hmm. we're usually doing a trip, either a fun trip or just you move to Bali or you move to Vietnam. And, um, yeah, or we do our annual, like, big round-the-world trip. So we've been traveling a lot. It's, like, total, like, 25 countries that we visited total. And nice, so I'm huh? super excited about it. Yeah, I'm still on a travel high. Like, yeah. But I no. don't think you can ever get used to it. Do, I mean, do, do you think there'll ever be a point where you're like, okay, I want to settle down now? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Because like, I've met like older dudes who have been traveling for like 10 freaking, or like their whole life. Yeah. And they're like still doing it and still pumped up. If you can find a so way. It's like, and, um, yeah, and if you can find a way, obviously. And that's, 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 the, whole, that's the whole battle. And that's, and, yeah, and what I, what I want to help people do is find uh, a way. And also, why, why conform? You know, why do you need to sort of, you know, make those sort of that new set of decisions that will sort of lead to something quite different, right? Yeah. It's like, why settle down? Like, you would do that if you want to, but why do something that you have no interest in? Yeah, exactly. I think you'll you'll probably naturally grow and make different decisions as time goes, and maybe that'll be travel more or less, who knows? But I, I bet for you, I'd imagine, like, Chiang Mai and Bangkok at this point are pretty familiar to you that like it's almost like like a home base in a way. You yeah, know? yeah, it's yeah. Chiang Mai and Bangkok are definitely our home base. Started with with Chiang Mai and uh, then we went to Saigon as our second home base. We did six months there. You know that was like a second home, so that's very dear to our hearts as well. And now like Bangkok is just I don't know the next logical pr- progression. That yeah. a lot of the, a lot of. Uh, Location-independent entrepreneurs base themselves in the beautiful city of Bangkok. Location-independent entrepreneurs. I know there's so many like good that. buzzwords around. Lies. There. Lie. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a big lie. Yeah. Location-independent <laughs> entrepreneur. It's just digital nomad is just so much easier to say than location-independent entrepreneur. Th- I mean, that sounds really politically correct, doesn't it? It's like, uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh uh, illegal immigrant versus undocumented uh, migrant workers or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Whatever you want to put it, you know, travelpreneur or just someone who works from their job remotely who is, has cool. the travel bug. 
Yeah. And they just cool. like to live in other countries and cities. I yeah. love that, man. The, the, the fact that you don't have to, in a lot of these uh, modern, uh, new sort of uh, industries, that it's not location specific. And a lot of people just don't take advantage of that. Uh, and this, um, I, I don't know how much you know about me, but uh, I'm, uh, I basically spent 22 years working as a, in the construction industry as a designer, an architect designer, and more recently a construction manager. And I've just kind of got myself out of that in the last two weeks. Mm, wow. Actually. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm doing a bit of consultancy work. And then we've got this shit on the side, the, the podcast and the cryptocurrency stuff. And uh, yeah. I feel so like a massive weight has been lifted off my oh, fucking yeah. shoulders. Yeah. It's so beautiful, man. Yeah. I, I love it. And I'm so happy. And yeah. I wake up every day not with that sense of dread like I've got to go in this shitty office for eight hours every day and I've oh got yeah. to fucking talk to these people who I fucking hate and I don't want to talk to them uh. anyway and I've got to earn a <laughs> shit salary <laughs> off these steady on some chain yeah, yeah man <laughs> population problems I tell you man you, you sounded That's as crazy. though you were maybe two or three weeks away from a mess shooting there mate you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like uh, fuck you left Mel Gibson in uh, what's it falling down no it was Michael Douglas Michael in falling Douglas, down yeah, yeah fucking great movie it is it is but yeah i i was yeah I, you were nearly i was at my wits end yeah you got to be to make the change you got to get yeah, to that yeah. to that point and and I, I that's something you touched on as well earlier riley that 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 you said you had this job that you hated door-to-door sales and i think that's what people need to feel sometimes this this fucking soul crushing anxiety yeah. that compresses them into a, like a a single fucking neutron and then <laughs> bang, you explode back out and just like, no, I'm not going to fucking take this anymore. And then a whole new set of shit. It's like a big bang. But yeah. but for a personal big bang that mm. that a lot of people need to go through. And I, I don't think a lot of people are pushed far enough yeah. to the end of their tether to, to break out from this shit. Man. So do you guys think like, non-traditional paths of work, career, and living your life are becoming less taboo. Like, like digital nomad yeah. scene in 2013, 2014 versus now, it's way... Yeah, yeah because it's, it's the old parents thing. You need to get yourself a proper job. You need to settle down. You need to get yourself uh, yeah. a wife. And you need to do this. You need to go to university. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm 38 now. I don't know if the kids are still being told this by the parents. Of course they are, because yeah. everybody's indoctrinated. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're absolutely yeah. I imagine so, yeah. all on the same treadmill, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. And it's bullshit. But but you're fed that at such a young well, age that it, it's really powerful. It takes you a long time to be able to mm. kind of think outside mm. that box. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I I've, I luckily forwent for uh, university and I started working when I was 16, straight from school. Uh, literally, I, I finished school in, in, in May or June. And I started college full time in in September, and within two weeks of college, I saw a notice a notice on the uh, on on the notice board that said uh, it was for a job to to come come and work with us as a trainee architectural technologist. It's called, and um, you can come back to college one day a week. So I went and did that. So I was working from sixteen age sixteen and like three months, um, and. By the time most of my friends came out of university at 25, I'd, like, I'd had like nine years' experience and I was out earning them and out fucking performing yeah. them Th- massively. I've got an unpopular opinion. Like, 
College yeah. is a scam. It is. It is a fucking <laughs> scam. Yeah. And he was on a vocational, uh, you know, work base, workplace uh, slash education sort of environment. That's the mm. best way, man. Yeah. I mean, you I was working and going to college one day a week. Yeah. So I was get. By the time I finished college, I'd have four years' experience, yeah. and I was fucking like miles say, ahead of everybody else. You're out earning them, and yeah. if you had been paying, you haven't got the debt as well. And but that's why yeah. in the US, yeah. you've got guys like Mike Rowe. Did you feel like a stigma against you, though, at the time? Like in America, a lot of times, you feel kind of weird if all your friends go to university and you yeah. don't. Like there's definitely a stigma there. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I, I was social just thing, crazy. But I think <laughs> that's the kind of thing that's going to be changing soon. Like, like if you have kids, you know, if you've lived sort of an alternative path like maybe that indoctrination will be less strong with your kids and that's part of the grassroots movement towards it, it, it just takes a few people like riley and you and you mike and me to sort of break out the mold and then that sort of starts getting fed back into yeah. the system as it were and you know little by little it's, it's sort of chinked away and then all of a sudden you know things have things have changed they're not going to change quickly yeah. it, 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 doubt, you know largely life in general not just the college thing but depends on who your friends are who your friends yeah, are who and, are, and yeah. who your peers are and yeah. we tend to do you know similar things to them and so with now we live in the youtube age the social media age so you can be virtual friends with anyone whether that's a surfer mm-hmm. bomb out in bali or a digital nomad that lives in chiang mai and so that's is, that's what's changing is that's why it's becoming more, uh, you know, accepted or more people see these other people on YouTube or Instagram or social media and they're living these other uh, careers, other types of careers. And they're like, oh, you know, OK, mm-hmm. well, I've always wanted to do that. I just didn't know that that was, you know, but, but, achievable. But do you think their parents are saying mm, we, we, we prefer you be a lawyer or a doctor or but yeah, baby boomers still, I think. But, but yeah, but in saying that, well, but now, now we're having kids, aren't we? And, and I think things will change now for yeah. the better, right? Well, what what did sure your parents will. say, right? Yeah, and it all, everyone's parents is their own story, you know. Sure. It's like, it, you know, it depends on who your parents. Some parents are super strict, you know, they want you to be a lawyer, and that is their, that's been their dream for you, you know, ever since you were little. Like they have this vision for you to be a lawyer or a doctor or something successful, you know, MD or something like that. So, you know, we have to understandably, you know, uh, under, understand where our parents are coming from because they've had these dreams for us ever since they're little, you know, whatever it may be. And so um, some parents are more strict and some parents, you know, I'm lucky that I have accepting parents and my mom came out and visited uh, with Parker's mom, they came on a mom's trip last year, oh, and it was cool. great. <laughs> so, you know, luckily my parents are supportive of of me chasing the career that I want and the dreams that I want. So, but not everyone's parents is supportive. But at the end of the day, um, it's a it's a big issue, and I get like messages from like kids, like all the time. Like my parents want me to do this. Like they they, don't, they want me to go to college, but I know that I don't want to. What should I do? It, it's tough to be able to respectfully kind of say, I'm going to do my own thing. Because, like, do your parents legally own you after 18? No. <laughs> like, they can't do anything. Sure. But, it's, but, but you know, a lot it's, of kids feel guilty, don't they? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You, you, you remind me of uh, you, you two guys will probably know this guy. Um, he 
his parents exactly as you said you know sort yeah. of wanted him to pursue x y or z and he said well i found this thing called bitcoin yeah. and uh, they said okay if, if you can earn a million dollars in oh, bitcoin yeah. He was in like 12 months, he, he's old. like 16 or 17 years oh, old. Yeah. He did it. He, oh, he sweet. did the million dollars. <laughs> you, you know the story, yeah, I right? I exactly what you mean. Then, but I think he was then younger. Then you don't need to go to college. That was, uh, that was the, uh, yeah, that was no, the deal, no, right? I think he was 13 or something like that. And they said, oh. by the time you're 16, 17, if you've earned a million dollars, you don't need to go to college. Oh, yeah. Buy a couple of Bitcoin. Yeah. So Good. He bought one Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's Satoshi. (laughs) But no, uh, so my question is sort of on the back of that, Riley. Um, Do do you think that that's a good sort of uh, a good way for younger people to approach that discussion with the parents and almost sort of uh, pitch this as a... You know, the, the, the parents are the sort of the incubator yeah. or the VC company, and they're sort of pitching this idea. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so, you know, th- this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. Um, yeah. Can, can we set some goals yeah. together, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. And um, I've, I've heard stories of, of kids do this. And this is actually kind of how I pitched it. So when me and Parker decided that we were going to Thailand, I actually wrote this whole blog post and framed it like a study abroad and kind of made like a mm. kind of a fake blog post by Dropship Lifestyle and make, making it look more like it was kind of a university and this is like an online marketing uh, semester abroad. So, so was this a blog post of you in the future? Uh, or, this was actually, this was I, actually, so I created a blog uh, called liveinthatlife.com. Okay. All right. sh- uh, I think shortly after my two week trip to Thailand when I got the travel bug and I like started getting into all these like lifestyle blogs and like four hour work week and like, you know, like lifestyle businesses. I was like, oh my God. Okay. That's totally me. And so, yeah, I, I had livinglife.com before I was even, you know, living that life. And, but yeah, that's, I, I framed it like a study abroad. Like I cool. was, I like, that's I think really my parents smart, like man. actually thought it was. And so I was like, yeah, me and Parker are going to do this program. It's, it's an internet marketing program. It's going to be six months. You know, just kept it at six months, even though we were hope, planning on staying longer, hopefully. So we we're like, yeah, it's going to be six months. The Internet marketing thing, like, you know, I'm in, I'm in sales, but I think it would be great, you know, get into this whole digital marketing thing. And my parents like, like understood that. Um, why it's in Thailand, they may not, like, understand. But that's a great way to do it. It's yeah. like if young kids, teenagers can, you know, learn how to create a full pitch deck business plan about the bitcoin or whatever pitch it to the parents yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. this is this is great advice jim uh, yeah you, you touched on something great there so so this blog you wrote riley you, you gave you, your parents you, your parents read that right and, and that kind of set out your your path yeah i think yeah. i think i probably did show it to them and i actually yeah. showed it to um other members of the dropship forum at the time and uh, one of one of my good buddies now evan teague uh, I think showed it to his parents, and he w- he's he's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, mom. I'm I'm going to this. So like other people <laughs> use it as homework. well. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. That's cool, man. We're just I I love the fact that that we can inspire younger people. And mm. I know it sounds a little bit gay or, or whatever, a little bit, you know. Uh, when I say gay, I, I don't mean. <laughs> In the homosexual sense, I mean yeah. in the lame sense. Yeah, it's kind of cheesy. Like it, it's a bit cheesy. Yeah, to yeah. inspire, but, but it's what, cool, man. It's necessary, it's, isn't it? It's not even in inspiring because people are like, "Oh, I want to inspire." It's not even inspiring. So the people, this 
people that find my YouTube channel are already inspired. 100%. Like you're going to be inspired by yourself. What I'm just showing is I'm not trying to inspire them. I'm just showing them real life. He's doing his once thing. you get yeah. past, once you get here, like in a couple years, this this is your real life. So maybe it's a little bit of glimpse into their future, and that can connect the two law of attraction or whatever. Mm. Yeah, people that find me, that follow me, they're already inspired. They're I already, agree. Yeah, I so, think that that. So you're just cementing the. Yeah, uh, I'm cementing yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry, Will. Um, I think that like. With social media like that, there's so many negative use cases, and we hear so much about it. But YouTube and some of like the lifestyle stuff, and just how YouTube's been able to—and I've heard you talk about this, Riley—like you can find anything on YouTube. You can learn any skill. You can get deep into conspiracies. You can get deep into learning to play the guitar or like mm-hmm. changing your tire. You can do anything, you know. Yeah. And it's like uh, you touched on this earlier. You didn't get cable. You got. Uh, yeah. An Apple TV instead, yeah. and yeah. you're watching a shitload of YouTube. Yep, yeah, that was it. I, I'll tell you what, that works on two levels. Mm-hmm. The first, you, you're exposed to all this other shit that you weren't exposed that you wouldn't have been exposed to anyway. Mm. But the second level is that you're not being indoctrinated into mm. the fucking yes. news. You don't have to watch Channel Four, Channel Five, or Channel Seven. You know, and, yeah. and kids nowadays, I don't. I could be wrong, but I don't think kids watch much TV anymore. I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I, I think they just I said it, it, it's 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 past. It, people, yeah. kids watch more YouTube than TV. It, it's, it's official. Yeah. Netflix, yeah. totally. Net, mm. Netflix, yeah, for sure. But yeah. but uh, YouTube and like just the shit that kids are into these days is like it's so much more um, experiential based. Like it's it's like 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 Riley's channel. Like they see Riley's life and they're like, oh, that's an idea for me and how I could maybe live my life. And then you do that all over YouTube, you know, and you pick your spots mm-hmm. and follow channels and like cr- yeah. cultivate like a news funnel uh, on YouTube. Yeah, and you, it's it, badass, it, it cultivates your freaking life. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah YouTube because is crazy. like you said, with like the importance of having your friends and community around you, you can almost do that virtually. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. And they have Facebook groups. And that's why, you know, we started our own living La- that life Facebook group, you know, like every entrepreneur does. And people like, you know, like connect in there and like maybe even meet up in Chiang Mai. Sure. Like, uh, but yeah, the, the cool thing is you can have virtual friends now. And because because I realize that not everyone has a best friend that's like on their exact same <laughs> mindset and mission like me and Parker. We're like yeah. super lucky for that. And if you're in a small town in fucking America or England somewhere, you might not have any cool, there might not be any fucking cool people yeah. in your town. True. So you oh, yeah. People like you, Riley, and people, Facebook's like yours. Too. Yeah, people write me all the time. They're like, uh, they're like, I'm back home, but I have no one that gets it. Like people are like, <laughs> people are like, Riley, no one around me gets yeah. it. <laughs> and um, this, yeah, for, for example, this, this one, uh, this, one guy eric from from canada from like montreal whatever he was that one guy and he was like it's so cold in here i'm just watching on youtube it's so cold and no one gets it it's like my dream and so i ended up meeting him at the nomad summit in chiang mai uh this january in 2018 and um he was you know hustling on his online stuff and uh last week he had you know, you know, wasn't making money online uh, within four months, which you should not expect anyway. You know, we were lucky that we started to make, you know, a thousand bucks or more online within six months. Like that's not typical, I would say. Definitely not. Um, like any business, it takes a little bit of luck. Uh, you know, luck and smarts combine that, you know, mm-hmm. make your own luck. But, you know, Eric, had to, he had to go back home to, to Montreal and he's like, but I'm going to be there next year for the 2019 summit and I'll yeah. be further Don't along. And 
Yeah, like a l many, many, many people who go to the conference, probably over half, they're just there for a short trip and then they go home and they're working on it on the side of their jobs, nights and weekends, like, you know, like just like we started. And then if you want to try to take the full-time jump next year, you got to do it. Um, That's but fucking yeah. cool, man. It's yeah. almost like you could turn it into a Burning Man of Chiang Mai, man. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a, there is a hippie festival um, a bit outside of Chiang Mai. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah it's Pai. called the Jai Tep. Yeah, Jai Tep Festival. Some hippie they're doing some hippie shit. Have, have you been? No, I haven't been. Um, I bet, I bet I, there's I mushrooms. I was, oh, yeah, there's tons awesome. of stuff. Have Good you guys stuff. been to Pi? No, <laughs> you haven't? It's pretty famous for, like, weed and, I don't know, psychedelics Shrams. in general. Yeah. How about that be a segue into, because I, I was kind of liking the segue we're going into, the how YouTube can take you down different journeys. Yeah. And so one of those yeah, journeys, people, so I'm a YouTube-made guy, and um, now I'm on the screen, which is crazy. My life, YouTube has changed my life in two ways. It showed me my new career, but now it's, I'm able to give back through the screen um, and, have, and give back to the world through that, which has been crazy. But another thing, ever since I started heavily watching YouTube, actually my sophomore year in college, for whatever reason, I started going down wormholes and getting red pills as they say on various yeah. topics including <laughs> the federal reserve oh. and just you know watching these history videos and getting your mind blown about the federal reserve is just a classic yeah. example zeitgeist did you watch zeitgeist yeah i watched zeitgeist, zeitgeist. Movie. Yeah, i watched yeah. zeitgeist by it's that guy and I watched all of his zeitgeist stuff and i was mm. just getting my mind blown because like i'm a natural curious Peter joseph is a motherfucker Peter Joseph. That, that's this yeah, guy, yeah. Peter Joseph. So I remember watching that guy's videos. And yeah, that was early on in my YouTube journey. And so, you know, that was six, eight years later. And so mm. now I like to say I'm pretty well read through YouTube. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> well said. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And, um, but, but I think we have yeah. to warn people as well, Riley, yeah. that, that you can get yourself into a bit of an echo chamber on YouTube if you're not careful. And you can just surround yourself with people who have exactly the same opinion as you. So I think uh, we'd all agree here that it's worthwhile sometimes listening to someone who holds an opinion that's not exactly the same as yours just yeah. to listen to the other side. And yeah. yeah. See, like see if you're not in a fucking confirmation loop, confirmation yeah. bias I like loop. you guys were saying this on the conspiracy episode. And um, for, I don't know how deep we'll go here, but for people... Um, you can listen to their episode three. I'll say episode it's three. Episode three is a Good great conspiracy, out, <laughs> conspiracy dive. Thanks, Riley. Glad yeah, you're yeah. No, it was great. I was, I was loving it. Um, yeah, I tagged you guys on Instagram. We'll try it at least. Frogs getting um, gay, man. <laughs> I, I was, I was listening to it and like bragging on Instagram that I'm gonna be on the podcast tomorrow. I, I saw like, that. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Man. Um, but anyway, so yeah, YouTube is crazy. Is it? It is what you make it. YouTube is a universe. Yeah. You can, you can be on YouTube and you can be watching like TV shows. Like you can yeah. be watching ABC, mm. you can be watching Channel Four News on YouTube. You can go any different way on YouTube. It can be mm. totally unproductive or it can be totally great. It's like a library or you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder how those algorithms work. Uh, you know that that says that gives you the suggestions on the right hand side. Yeah. It <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not always like you sometimes go like far down a rabbit hole of watching yeah. fucking people yeah. getting, uh, getting eaten by animals. Exactly. Like sometimes yeah. sometimes if you yeah watch too many yeah. little, like cat videos or whatever, YouTube <laughs> is going to start thinking, oh, this is what you're into now. Yeah, We're going to keep cats. giving you more. And it's a feedback loop. So yeah. you always got to 
you know, you, you can make your way out of those wormholes. Yeah. But anyways, so what this is interesting because I've always wanted to do more of this, what I call very important issues. Yeah. I, I want I want to use my YouTube channel eventually to to uh, talk about the very important issues of our time and use my YouTube channel for for good. You know, um, you know, like like some entrepreneurs say, that, you know, their mission in life is to increase the net happiness of the world as yeah. much as possible and there so th it's cool that you think like that man so so yeah. how so have you got a plan in mind i mean are you just trying to open people's eyes you mean to yeah. the truth and, yeah i want to i want to open people's uh, minds to these to these deeper truth issues of our time because we live in such crazy times as you guys know um and we live in, in the, as we're barreling into this technological age we basically we need to make sure basically in in one sentence that the internet and technology ends up over the next 100 years and forever it we need to make sure it ends up for good and not for bad yeah and so we live in this very very crucial time we're right in the middle of it agree and we need to have this conversation go mainstream